you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. L-A-S-I-K. LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com. One place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Damashek football program available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to episode number 189 of the Dave Damashek football program, available as always on iTunes and at nfl.com slash Sheck. Oh, yes, it gets me ready. Let's be honest. I was already ready for week three of the NFL plus the college football slate. And to help you get in that same frame of mind, there he is. He will be with us on the second podcast weekly during the football season. You see him hosting. I wish I could remember the name of the thing. What is it called there? Well, first let me say his name. It's Elliot Harrison. What's the poop? Yeah, fella? I felt odd talking. I thought I was. Gonna, I didn't know what you were going to introduce me as, so I didn't feel like I should talk. E H Elliot Harrison. Uh, What's the Thursday NFL, night? It's NFL.com live. NFL. NFL.com live. We're right there on NFL.com. You put us on during Thursday night football. You'll hear us. We've with got kibitz about oh. the game. Matt Money Smith is calling it with, with Solly with the, all twenty-two. Solomon Wilcots. Yep. It's a gay old time. That's for sure. It's not sure. just the all 22 either, though. There's low angle. There's high end zone cam. It's really a different way to look at a football game. So all check right, us buddy. out on Thursday. Let's not chill too much at the top. Let's get to the football talk. NFL.com live Thursday night football. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Black you. Tie. And Black Tie and I are there. We, we do social media. We, we address questions I like with, it. with the people, and then they give us their answers. All right. And also, you know him from all the way across. The Atlantic Ocean, here now in California, still rooting for the Miami Dolphins. It's Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank. Hello, Handsome. How are you? I'm very well indeed. Thank you, Dave. Thanks for having me back. Heady days, and I know you said it on the last podcast, and we're about to get into our picks. That's how we do the second show each week. We try to focus on the games upcoming, and um, I should mention the fact that, uh, one, we have uh, Dwight Freeney 
the one and one Chargers, uh, the twelfth year man. Many moons with the Colts. We'll hear me and Rank are going to kibitz with him. Rank will join us for that interview. Um, but in the meantime, now let's uh, let's uh, talk about the games. And first one that really, a week ago when we were talking about the Dolphins hosting the Falcons, I thought, uh oh, they're going to you know they might lose at Indianapolis, and then the Falcons are suddenly going to be one and two. That said, I had the confidence to pick them, the Dolphins in Indy. They validated my confidence, and now I feel like they might beat the Falcons. How say you? I think are we, pl- are we playing think? the challenge flag game? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't want to get doing? in trouble. Want, we yeah. got to do challenge flag. You're right. I don't want right. to get in trouble by saying too so, much. So you're and supposed then, to say something. I'm just and supposed I to say something, it. and That's then right. he challenges. Yeah. It. I I'm forgot. Ready. See, I'm already. I, I, I'm out of sorts here. Black tie. Why? Because I've been doing a lot. The shame reports up there on NFL.com slash Shaq. It is. It's the Shaq slash shame report. You've really lost your way. I have. That's right. And two, also a brand new episode of the sports car. This is when I get in there and I wheel around town. Who are you uh, driving with? Jamal Charles of the no Michael uh, uh, Jamal Charles of the uh, of the Kansas City Chiefs in front of Thursday Night Football. Well, if you're listening to this on Friday. After that terrific game last night, or if you're listening on Saturday, a couple nights ago, great game out of Philadelphia. Do you think they're going to boo him? Let's predict that. Do you think the fans are going to boo Andy Reid when he arrives? E.H. I do not. I don't. I don't. You know, there are going to be some people just because they want to keep up that Philadelphia mo. But I think he's going to get a lot of cheers. Handsome Hank. I'm going to throw the challenge flag. Have we started right. that yet? Yeah, we, Have can, we started that This yet? is our know. new game. You, what exactly are you throwing? <laughs> we're calling it Upon Further Review. We call it, that's, a, that's our name for it, where EH or Handsome makes a statement and then the other has the opportunity to throw the red challenge flag. So let's go Dolphins-Falcons. Well, we're going to. I'm just asking, are they going to boo Andy Reid? Because that will be interesting. I think they will. You do think that? I yeah. think some will. I think this. I think that the Philadelphia fans, in a weird sort of paradox now, have now are, are now offended by the nation calling them mean fans. Right. That then they get salty when you say, well, you're from Philadelphia. You guys are mean. Like, shut up, dude. You ever see how people in Dallas and people in Pittsburgh, people in Chicago, they're way worse than we are. Now they have this, they're, they're offended by this well-earned reputation that they have. So you think tomorrow they're going to make nice so that they I think can they lose will. that reputation? I think they will. I think that this is going to be the first step in that direction. Hmm. All right, now let's get to the week three games. I am merely the referee, and I'm going to offer up some games that I consider to be juicy. By the way, go over to uh, NFL.com in the fantasy page, and you'll find NFL Weekly Pick'em. We have the DDFP group. Join it. And um, right now, I am ashamed to say everybody in Studio 66 and outside of it as well should be ashamed because guess who's in the lead? It's Black Tie. Anything you want to say, Black Tie? It's the truth, guys. I mean, you guys in front of the glass think you know it all about the game. But in all honesty, that's why I'm not a fan of any team. You have your Steelers. Hank has his Dolphins. EH has his Cowboys. I analyze. I sit back and I analyze. Mm, I and see. I make my picks of an analytical Analyzing body language. <laughs> that too, obviously. And uh, that's uh, get used to it, guys. Let's get used to it. All right. Well, so let's get to 
uh, the challenge flag segment upon further review. And we'll start out there. I offer you a game. I'm going to start with you, handsome. You say what you think is going to happen. And then, Elliot, you'll have a chance to throw the challenge flag if you're going to go the other way. This one. The we've one got, and one. What? Well, we've got the rules down. I just want to. We did it. We did a little rehearsal. Oh, yesterday. did you? So we do have the rules down this time. Yeah. Oh, great, great. I just want to know if Dolphins Falcons is still the game that we're talking about because you started on that like five minutes ago, but I didn't know. I didn't understand that uh, that the podcast today was going to be devoted to taking shots at Dave Damashek. <laughs> That's not what I'm interested in. And just as a quick reminder to everybody, what happens when that uh, when when someone goes in that direction? You feel the sting of the hand solo edition blaster jerk. <laughs> doesn't feel so good now does it i hope you've learned your lesson sorry dave i feel like greedo yeah yeah i think you've said it all all right now handsome you say it all atlanta falcons one and one after surviving the st louis rams second half charge at the two and oh miami dolphins i think the miami dolphins will win dave i agree here we go hey Hey, listen, Atlanta had trouble protecting Matt Ryan in that game. He got beat up. Dolphins' strength is pass rush. Deion Jordan will play more than seven snaps this week. Miami's at home. Atlanta is devoid of Steven Jackson. Roddy White is nursing a bum ankle, I believe. I think this is a tough game for the Falcons. I'm picking the Dolphins as well. What do you think, EH, looking at Ryan Tannehill now in year two, what impresses you? Is there something missing from the offense? I know the, they, they haven't given a ton of opportunity to uh, to their you know several running backs there. Do you like what you see? Uh, not from the running backs. I called them the mediocre express, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sticking to that. However, with Tannehill, I've heard from multiple people that you don't have to tell him things twice. And that's what you want to hear about a young quarterback. I mean, yes, you want a Russell Wilson type that's the first guy in the weight room, wears a suit and tie for everything. That's great, too. But you also like a quarterback that you don't have to tell something twice, too. And, well, and, and I like you the way two, he's playing. That's a, it's a, a, a weird little irony that you guys are saying the same thing twice, that you're te- you guys are telling me the same thing twice when you make the same picks. What was that? Sorry. Trent Richardson's being traded to the Colts. That's not true. It's a true story. Breaking news on NFL.com. Are you serious? Yeah. I just broke that news right here in the, in this group. Wow. I just broke news. First round, 2014 first, first round, round pick. pick. What? Wow. The Browns are bringing um, Willis McGahey to Cleveland. Whoa. I'm, I'm speechless. That is unbelievable. Is this some silly English prank? Handle? This is no. You're saying this Trent is... Richardson, Dave, Go the to guy NFL. drafted Dave. out of Al- Alabama. Dave. Trent. It says on NFL.com breaking news: Trent Richardson traded to the Colts. What gives? What an incredible move! Lombardi and company waving the white flag, obviously on 2013, huh? Well, getting a, they got a 2014 first round pick. I think. I think they they should be um, they should be happy. They obviously want you know there must be something about him that they don't like. How can you be cavalier at this point? This is crazy news, right? This is a Heisman Trophy winner. Well, Just- now now hang on, they're getting a first round pick. So basically, what they're getting is a is a do over. Now they may not get as high a pick as what Richardson was, but it doesn't matter if he helps her football team. He helps her football team. I'm talking about the guy that they end up getting. So let's say that they get the 15th overall pick. Okay. If that guy helps the team, it doesn't matter that he's not a fifth overall pick or whatever. The other thing, too, is I think a lot of teams are looking at spending first-round picks on running backs as, as old formula. Look at Mark Ingram. Look at David Wilson. 
The only first-round pick that's been working out is Doug Martin, correct? Sure. So I, I got to be honest. I understand this. I yep. do understand this from an organizational overview. Uh, for right now, it looks bad. It looks like, hey, the, the Cowboys in 89, they were awful, and they're trading their best player. Everyone in Dallas is freaking out. You're like, great, we're awful, and you're trading the one guy we have who's actually good. But if you're looking at this from the, from an overview, and what this tells me, too, is that Mike Lombardi feels like he's going to be in that chair for a while. Yeah, right. right. This is a bold move. And and having two first-round picks in next year's draft might be a good thing so that they can hop up. I mean, obviously, they this is, today they already made one relatively big move by na- naming Brian Hoyer as their starting quarterback for this weekend's game. So what you're talking about is we need a quarterback. We've made that very they clear. Know, right. They know that they can't win the division. They know that they're not a, a legitimate threat to do anything. I can't, Listen. As somebody who roots for the Steelers at 0-2, they lose to the Bears on Sunday night, I immediately go into 3-13 and mode. I'm rooting for 3-13 and so that they get a legitimate high pick yeah. there. Yeah. And, and obviously that's what Cleveland's doing. What does it do for the Colts, though? I, first of it's, all, what's it do to my fantasy team? Because I have Ahmad Bradshaw now. Well, now he's that's do, interesting because Ahmad Bradshaw against the Dolphins, I thought, played relatively well. I think he, he averaged somewhere around 4.5 yards a carry. He was certainly not – didn't look disgraceful. I don't. I, it seems. I mean, it's on, on first blush. It sounds like wow, the Browns have just made an odd move. But based on what Elliot just said about not necessarily wanting to spend first round picks on running backs, and if you do, you want to get one as young as you possibly can. It kind of is as much a confusing move for me for the Colts. Well, let me let me go from a couple different angles here. Someone in Cleveland had to evaluate or at least throw this out here as like, hey, what do we think of the Colts? Because think about it. Oakland goes in there. And almost hands it to him. Almost. Okay, if Pryor doesn't throw that mm-hmm, pick right. at the end. Colts lose in Miami. Colts are going to lose this weekend at Candlestick. Right. I hate to spoil our segment by saying that, but I already think the Colts are going to lose that game. Agreed. Okay? You won't get a challenge flag from right. me for that. So now you're, now you're talking one and two. I'm also with you, Dave. I think Tennessee is the second best team right now in the AFC South, which I've heard you say. Okay? So you're looking at Indy possibly going it, it could happen i'm saying that they go 7 and 9 or 8 and 8 this could be a pretty valuable first round pick that's the first thing second thing trent richardson has gotten all 31 of the browns carries by a running back the browns have 33 rushing attempts two are brandon Whedon's scrambles and the rest are all so they've given richard it's been richardson's baby from otas minicamp training camp and now regular season he's averaging 3.4 yards per carry if you can't protect your quarterback you need higher yards per carry than that okay and then from the colt lastly from the colt standpoint you can't rely on Ahmad bradshaw staying healthy for the whole season this is his seventh year in the league vic ballard is out for the year and let's be honest vic ballard was never going to be your lead dog Anyway, I thought that they were okay right. for a they, team that was going to sling it a lot, though, between Bradshaw and don't forget Donald Brown isn't half bad either. Right. He's got a lot of wear and tear for a relatively young guy, had a million carries at UConn. But st- I, I can't believe that well, the, the thing that's interesting about it is that it makes the Colts better, which is going to, I would say that the Colts likely finish middle of the pack, say 16 pick, but with Richardson, you think they're going to be a, a little bit better, which is going to push them maybe down into the 20 range. Would that make them, that would make them right on the edge of a playoff team if they got to there? But still, the Browns now are going to be they already are zero and two. They're basically waving the white flag on the season, um, so they should have a top ten pick plus, let's say, a twenty pick. Yeah. Well, let's just throw this out too. You know, Norv is very famous for his time in Dallas and as well as in San Diego. 
need a running back that can catch the football. I'm not saying that Trent Richardson can't catch the football, but Emmitt Smith, for example, was a very good player on third down. Maybe the Browns don't feel like Trent Richardson is good at picking up and pass protection or as good as he should be or as good as pass catcher as he should be, and that might play into this. Right. It's, it's hard to say. This is breaking news. I'm, this is knee-jerk sure. spot and, analysis. And, and as part of this press release, the Browns have announced that they're bringing, um, for a physical at least, uh, Willis McGahee to Cleveland. Guess who just picked him up on his fantasy team? Willis McGahee. Not bad there, Black Tie, except that he is on a terrible team. And if Trent Richardson wasn't productive, how productive is the old man yeah, McGahee going to be? But I'm glad you're paying attention up. to the quality of the production of this podcast while you're watching your age. Listen, this is – I don't this, know about you, Black Tie, but for I'm us, For him to be on a football-related site right now is a victory for us. Listen, <laughs> yeah. the beg- you, know, you can't ask too much. Listen, let's not ask for miracles. Um, when he says wow, that exciting, he, though. And let me – can I say one thing? Something yeah. that I've lamented – on more than one occasion about NFL football, there are so few in-season Trade, trades. Yeah. They're very rarely trades at all compared to, I bet you volume-wise, baseball, hoops, and hockey have it beat every single year. Bettis got – what are the big trades of the last 20 years even in the NFL? Champ Bailey, Portis, to me, sticks out big time. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm uh, Eli Rivers. Revis. Uh, you know the Bettis Rams deal, right? Um, Revis to Tampa, but you know you just you just hit a point right there. This is fun. It's fun. Yeah. Why we need more in season trades? But every know, team should have to make one. <laughs> All right, I'm I'll serious. Pass that I rule. think that's a good. I think that's a good idea. But you know, you just brought up something here, or at least or clicked something in my mind. Let's say that Trent Richardson this year in a Browns uniform would have ran for 825 yards, seven touchdowns, and averaged three and a half yards per carry. Would I be totally out of my mind to say that could have been his stat line? Just the way things are going, right? What are you going to get for Trent Richardson if you try to deal him after a year in which he runs for 825 yards, averages three and a half yards per carry, and seven touchdowns? I, I, think, you gave him, I think you exaggerated the modesty of his numbers, but still, I, I get your point, right? He's, his value is going to be and, less, right? And as as GMs and scouts begin to fall in love with running backs the deeper you go into the college football season that you could get in the draft. That's a great point. You lose value too. All right. Listen, fellas, let's stick with the program here and the Cleveland Browns, EH. Let's get back to upon further review as uh, as these two fellas in front of me go head-to-head picking games. It's the 0-2 Cleveland Browns led by Willis McGahee and Brian Hoyer at the Minnesota Vikings. The Cleveland Browns are going to go into Minnesota and upset themselves with a poor performance and lose oh, the game. Oh, he played. He did some word play there. He tricked you. He was a little Yoda with his words there, out of order, and confused you. <laughs> he was, but he didn't confuse me that much. I am not going to throw the challenge flag on that one. <laughs> Boo to the both of you! I don't know what I have to do to make one of you choose against the other. All right, here we go now. Here's the crazy thing, though, guys: Is Jordan Cameron the best player on the on the Browns now? Is he the best I don't player? know, but I'm sure you submitted a trade claim. Uh, oh, no, I mean, he had him for the You just picked up Brian Hoyer. I, I, I already <laughs> had Cameron on my bench, but honestly, is he the best player they have on offense now? I mean, how, how speaking of talent. Most effective, I got to tell you, Mike Joe, Joe Thomas, Thomas might be best. the best player on, well, on that I mean, Browns offense. Positions, guys. We're talking about 2013 football. Of course, they, you don't draft. Oh, wow. you don't, no, no, your fantasy team doesn't need an offensive line. Skill positions, guys. Well, as far as my fantasy team goes, this trade is not good for it. Ahmad Bradshaw is my number one backup, and I was counting on Josh Gordon's return this weekend to ignite my receiving core. Now he's not going to be much of a threat when 
Willis McGay, he's the only uh, threat to distract the defense. Dang. All right, so next game. What's the next game that I'm going to throw at you here? It will be the Chicago Bears at the Pittsburgh Steelers. 0-2 Steelers. And I got to tell you, I don't know if you watched the Sheck report or if you caught the po- or caught the uh, Monday press conference that or Tuesday press conference that Coach Tomlin conducted, but he said there that the Steelers. He went back and he's looked at the film. They aren't scoring enough points. Now you may think like, what? I don't know. Is he talking? Is he talking some math, some inside football stuff? But I looked it up, and it's true. They didn't score as many points as the Titans did in Week One, nor did they score as many points as the Bengals did. His point is they need to score more points than the other team, and then they will win. I thought pretty clever stuff out of Mike Tomlin. Handsome Hank, how say you? I think that that – I mean, I think what Tomlin said there gives a real insight into what they're – you know, behind the scenes, what mm-hmm. they're working yeah. on with that team. You know, the offense really, really, really trying to get the ball into the end zone. <laughs> All right, what's your pick? Will oh, I they, see. Sorry, will they I be successful some... in doing so? I my pick for this game is that the Chicago Bears will go into Pittsburgh and beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm conflicted on this one. Obviously, we'll get to my picks in a little while here. EH, I'll say you. I, I just wonder the Steelers capologist says, you know, we just got to keep our salary under the salary cap. I, I mean, that's <laughs> that's absolutely ridiculous. Please tell me that's not what Mike Tomlin said in the. Uh, it, it, you should watch the Sheck Report available uh, now yeah. on NFL.com. I, I'm Thank a, you. I'm a handsome. fan. I, I'm a little bigger fan of the NFL. Than the Sheck report. I've but got a good one coming for you in a couple but weeks anyway. They're both outstanding. As far as Bears at Steelers, what did you say? I said that the Bears would win that yeah, game. Yeah, right? I'm sorry, but I agree. Dare do it. I agree. I think Can you please disagree? Look, look, the Steelers offensive line, in case you didn't notice, had some issues, okay, the other night. They're not going to have any easy goings against the Steelers, I mean, against the Bears. And I'll tell you what. They've got to be able to run the football against the Bears, and they're not going to be able to do that either. Chicago wins that game. Unless Jay Cutler throws three or four picks, Chicago wins that one game. One thing on I will say, one thing I will say as a – I'm not going to hide the fact that I'm a Steelers fan. The one thing that has that, – that's a, that's a shame is not only is this wasting a year of Roethlisberger's prime, which is – Fast coming to a close. You know, he doesn't have a ton of years playing at this level. And this season, if they don't win this Bears game, is basically down the tubes. Not only that, but for all the talk of how old the team is, they're better players on defense. Are A lot of them, at least, are old guys. And you're wasting their years as well. Ike Taylor was terrific. He did about as good a job as you can do on A.J. Green in Cincinnati. And the defense in general, Palomalu's looking better than he has. Timmons is still dynamite. He's an underrated guy in the league in general. I feel bad for all those guys that are just getting flushed down the toilet for him. E.H., you say the Bears are going to win, too, huh? I do. Please, fellas. Don't you understand drama requires conflict? That's a rule. Can you give us a game where there is a, a even game rather than I, the well, three how mismatches? How could I forecast unless we ahead the of time? three mismatches. You know, Tim Brown was one of the most heavily recruited high school athletes out of Woodrow Wilson High School in I Dallas. I didn't know that. No. He was a great high school football player. But his, his senior year, his high school football team, I don't think they won a game. Or they went like 1-10. One and, one and Isn't that crazy? You think of a, a guy that level that wins a Heisman Trophy. That he would single, you know, you always hear these stories, but they were terrible. You know, they show video, you'll see, it's hard to really imagine when you hear about, like, Michael Jordan didn't make his high school team in his in his uh, sophomore year. But, you know, I played in, in uh, Pittsburgh, my high school team, 
played against a name no one will know, Darrell Porter, unless you were a Pitt basketball fan in the late 80s, you won't know his name. Um, He was, I mean, he was was the sixth man on a good Pitt basketball team in the late 80s. He torched us for 40 points in the first half, and that was it. Which begs the question, what must happen? Basketball is one thing if you're six foot eight and how you would dominate everybody, too. But I'd love to see some more film of some of the behemoths. Like, what was B.J. Raji like in in high school? It must have been it must have been laughable looking at him, right? He must have. Uh, did the other team do any? How does a guy that how does a team that has Tim Brown on it lose a game? It, it, it's really let's see the late eighties. That's Jerome Lane era, right? Oh, yeah, Pitt, good for you. Pitt basketball. Charles Smith, Sean Miller, that, coach of Arizona now. Oh yeah. yeah. Jerome Lane, didn't he shatter the backboard? Am I, he did, yeah. You I've know told I'm the story the on this college pod. guy. Well, I, I've told the story before. On that same night, I chose to go to a Pittsburgh Penguins hockey game instead of attending that game in the Fitzgerald Fieldhouse. Um, so I missed the iconic moment of uh, Jerome Lane's career. But I've gotten over it. What I'm not over yet is you guys not picking against each other. How yeah. about this one? EH. The Green Bay Packers at one and one, traveling into Cincinnati, coming off their Monday night victory. What I consider to be pretty close to a must win, as close as you can get in week two. How say you? The Packers are going to thump them because the Bengals will not be able to cover their outside talent and they're going to go up tempo. Elliot? I agree. <laughs> no! I don't like it. Did you guys agree to no, this to torment no, me? No, we did not. I don't trust Would Newman you, well, and Who Pac-Man. are you picking in that game? I, well, I'll reveal them in just a minute here, but I am going to take the Packers in that one. Well, so I think it's, it's very cr- interesting, though. I, I think it's a fascinating game. It is, but but I mean, you, you want some? Uh, my analysis of it is that Andy Dalton can't keep pace with that. That offense cannot keep pace with the Packers' offense. That's why they'll win the game. I'm That's not right. saying that the Bengals are a terrible team, going to get blown away. I think that they're just, they're just not going to be able to score. As I'll fast tell you as what, Cincinnati clearly the more talented team on Monday night against but they, Pittsburgh. They made at hard home, work of it at home, right? I, I, you know, I. This is something I said. You know, of course, this is a team that could go to the Super Bowl on one hand. They have about as big a range of possibilities as any NFL team, and we talked about that in the preseason. They could go to the title game or to the Super Bowl. On the other hand. In March, the buzz could be, well, what are the Bengals going right. to do? I mean, they can't and, continue with Andy Dalton, so who are they going to draft now? Yeah, and it's interesting. The last two years, we we've, they famously played kind of what looked like preseason, postseason games against the Texans to, to kind of kick off the, the, the playoffs. And I find there's a lot of similarities between those two teams, just generally, you know, with a strong defense, kind of offense strong at some positions, especially at wide receiver, but a quarterback where there's a bunch of question marks about whether he's a guy that is just – a game manager, someone who's not going to make a you know terrible mistake, but are they the one to get them over the hump? And I think both those teams have that. I think Houston's a little bit further along the line because they have some more explosive playmakers across both sides of the ball. But I don't, I'm not convinced, and I think I don't think we'll have the answer at the end of this year that Andy Dalton is that guy. Well, what about though? Again, for uh, AJ Green, the best wide receiver in the AFC. Mohamed mm. Sanu is whoa, who are you putting whoa, ahead of him in the whoa, AFC? Whoa, I said, whoa, whoa me. What's maybe this? maybe Tell me what I'm maybe wrong. most productive, uh, but productive doesn't always mean reliable. He's on dynamite. Third and six. Well, he's terrific. He, he, he drops some balls. He, he can be unreliable sometimes. If if I have a game on the line, game on the line. Let me guess I who want, you're going to say. Go you're going to say Andre Johnson. You bet. Look at what, what Andre Johnson did against the the uh, Chargers. Mm-hmm. I've never seen AJ Green do. 
take a game over. What Reggie Wayne did last year in the Chuck Strong game against the Packers, they could not stop him. They, they could not cover him. Productivity does not always translate to the best receiver, but, but we're digressing here. You watch the Steelers-Bengals game. How many times did the Steelers have receivers running wide open? Cotchery uh, dropped one right in his hands. Uh, Paulson. The Bengals, uh, Leon Hall has not been the same since he got hurt. He's not. The, he was once maybe the best corner in the AFC. Pac-Man Jones, can we agree, is an average corner. Mm-hmm. Terrence Newman, love him. Love him. But he's in year 11. He's not a, a shutdown corner. Uh, I just don't think that they are as good. There I was as- surprised that they didn't just consistently get a huge uh, – uh, that they didn't get a huge pass rush on Roethlisberger against that uh, – That's that- true tattered offensive line. And they were rotating their linemen in, but Gino, I didn't see Gino Atkins, Gino Atkins hardly make did, any plays. But, did, but he was... That, oh, that's the biggest surprise, is yep. that they bring, the Steelers bring a center off the street and he essentially plays dead even with Gino Atkins over the course of the game. The Houston Texans at the Baltimore Ravens. Handsome, I'm going to start with you on this one. Dave? I think the Houston Texans are going to win this game. The Houston Texans going into Baltimore and winning it E.H., how say you? I'm going to throw the challenge flag on Yes! Yes, finally! I can't believe that this is what it took, too, because I'll tell you this. I'm taking the Texans. All right, explain yourself. I I think this is a home upset if there is one. I've seen the Texans play very sloppy uh, in the first two games. I don't like Baltimore right now. I think Baltimore is a run-of-the-mill mediocre football team the way they're playing right now, but the Texans keep they have nine lives the last two weeks, and I think they run out on the road in Baltimore. They just can't afford to show up and play that the, the way that they have versus the Chargers in Tennessee. And Joe Flacco will make them pay, even with a bunch of run-in-the-mill guys, if they if they play the way they have on the back end the first two games. Boy, Torrey Smith, and that is it. You know, they really have absolutely nothing in terms of pass catchers. I know they got hurt, but letting Bolden go and so on. Yeah, I, I like the Texans. To I think the the Ravens have a chance to be bad. And, you know, going back to the Andy Dalton thing, if Andy Dalton is, and I don't think he has to be a world beater, but he has to be pretty good, you know, with the weapons around him. Oh, to make the point I started to make, you, you, EH, you didn't like A.J. Green being called the best receiver in the AFC, but still, Sanu. And Marvin Jones and those two young athletic tight ends and now Gio Bernard looking dynamic. How bad can you be to blow? I mean, how can that team not be scoring 30 a game? I don't know. And maybe they'll turn the corner starting this weekend. But if that doesn't happen, the AFC North is just going to be an abject joke division then. Because I think the Ravens are bad. I think the Steelers are bad. I mean, I. You know, I don't think legitimately three and thirteen bad, but I don't think the Ravens or Steelers are are very good teams. The Browns would appear to be a stink team now, and if the and if the Bengals are good, not great, and ten and six ish, that's the that's your NFL's worst division. I, I think if you look across the AFC generally, if you take Denver out of the equation, who's the you know who's the second best team? You're right, Houston. Houston, Houston is, but they're not playing up to what I think we all expected Houston to do at this point of the I year. I think we look Who back. Who's that second best team? I, well, I, I say the Texans, and I think the other side of that coin is that they haven't played great, but they've pulled out two tough games. And for a team like uh, that, that has Matt Schaub, I think that they need those kind of wins that uh, that they look back on as inspirational and showed our medal and something that in the locker room becomes the storyline mm-hmm. of the season that we're never out of a game and we can always pull it out. I mean, those are two such victories that they've had. In That's two, right. Weeks. You can count on us to beat the Bengals in the wild card. <laughs> well, no, I think they're going to have the top seed when it's all said and done. All right. I feel like we should stop there just because 
No, I no, mean, no. If, if we get challenge. one of these every week and a half, then this I think this segment's worth keeping. We're, I want to put it. I want to <laughs> commit it to video. I I love it. If only you would disagree once in a blue moon. Come on, let's try again. One try. more. Here it is. Here it is. The San Diego. This will lead us into our interview with Dwight Freeney perfectly. Oh, you're good at this. San Diego Chargers. Surprising to some at one and one. A nice victory there in Philadelphia against the Tennessee Titans, who probably are wringing their hands because they could be 2-0 and in, in, in first place alone in the AFC South, narrowly lost to those uh, Texans. How say you, E.H.? I think the Chargers are going to go into Tennessee and lose to the home team. Jake Locker's run for 13 yards so far. I think that changes. He's going to take off this week, not worry about throwing the ball down the field and just win the game. Titans win at home. Dave, I've got my challenge flag in my hand. Throw it. And, and, throw no, no, no. And there's, a, there's someone, there's a voice in my ear. Throw, and throw, I wanna throw, throw it. Quick, coach. I want to throw it, but I'm not going to. Ah. I, I, I like what the Chargers have done up until now, but I think going on the road to Tennessee, I, 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 I'm not going to pick them to win that game. I think it'll be a good game. I think it'll be a close game. I think the Chargers are going to be a better team than we probably expected them to be, but I don't think they can win. I don't think they pull this one out. Right. Check, I, I'll tell you, um, for the, the, uh, picks column i wrote for nfl.com which will be up tomorrow i said this on thursday t- yeah thursday excuse me this was the toughest game i think this is the closest game yes. on the week three schedule i can't find one that's more evenly all right i'm doing one more i don't know why but i'm gonna do the, the the ones that are right Wait, there. you didn't say who you thought was gonna win i'm gonna get my picks in my uh, 60 second uh, pick oh, segment got it. Got that, it. that has swept the nation detroit lions at Washington Redskins, one and one Lions on the road in D.C. Handsome, Dave. This is one actually. I ha- I don't write a picks column, but I do the pick'em on uh, NFL dot com um, slash pick'em mm-hmm. uh, on the Damashek segment there. And, DDFP uh, is DDFP, group. and I um, I chose the Redskins. And then about 20 minutes later, I went back in and I switched to the Lions. I think the Lions are going to win that yeah, game. Yeah, they're not worried, they say, long-term about Reggie Bush, but let's assume. The point is he is 50-50 right now. Yeah, joik. Let's it's all about joik this week. Joik. Um, yeah, well, I think it's also has, RG3 might have something to say about the outcome of this for game. The, I mean, for well, the I'm throwing oh, my yeah. Redskins yeah! flag. Yeah! Uh, I picked the Redskins to get off the schneid this week. Uh, they are not my 0-3 team. I do have a, a team that might surprise you going 0-3. I not, know who that but, is. But not the Redskins. Uh, the Redskins, I think, they do it this week against the Lions who just make too many mistakes. The Lions were so sloppy, guys, against the Cardinals. But it was awful. It's but, sad that it's no longer a surprise to you that the Steelers are going to be 0-3. That might be a surprise that I haven't met 0-3. This is, this is what it's like to root for a, a, uh, a bum team, apparently. Yes, handsome. How are the Redskins' defense going to stop that Lions offense? Well, I think the Lions, you know, Reggie Bush is hurt, okay? Uh, Nate Burleson, I love him. He, he's a reliable player, but I don't think he poses the kind of threat that Jordy and Randall Cobb, for example, uh, pose. This is not a team, that D- Detroit, I'm saying, that, that can run the kind of offense that the Eagles did in week one. They haven't proven to be able to do that yet. Nope. Matt Stafford's not a threat to pull an Alex Smith on you and run for 50-something yards. Okay, so now that leaves Megatron. <clears throat> and, oh, by the way, you know, RG3 is just now getting back into the swing of things. I think the Redskin, Redskins will slow it down at home. They'll run the football. And, again, home. They're at home. I said before the season, I know who your surprise 0-3 uh, team is because I said before the season, I think this is your sneaky bad team of the NFC. It's the New York Giants. Right? 
actually, I changed my mind. It's the Panthers. It's, it's the Panthers. Yep. The Panthers are going to lose. What yep. about real quick, and then we'll uh, we'll uh, get to my picks. Uh, I'll blow through those in 60 seconds or less. Um, what do we think about Tom Brady and the Patriots? Any chance, first of all, the Tampa Bay in, with, with the mess they've got going on there, can they somehow steal this one? Let's remember, last year... Arizona went in there and beat them at roughly this time. Mm-hmm. The, the, Patriots, the Patriots looked like absolute garbage, in my opinion, against the, the lowly Jets. Are you, are you concerned about the, about what Brady doesn't have in terms of targets? I'm not optimistic about Rob Gronkowski coming back in the in, in the shape that we've seen him playing, and he's got a bum back. How say you, E.H.? What about the Patriots' prospects in 2013? Well, let me say this. I think the Patriots will make the playoffs – uh, given the state of some of the other teams around the AFC, they are 2-0. and uh, They have two division wins, which is really the key here. They beat right. Buffalo. They beat the Jets. Buffalo was a road game. That's important, which means, guess what? They don't have to go play Buffalo in December. Uh, the other thing here regarding New England, I just want to get this out. I am so sick of hearing people uh, talk about Tom Brady screaming on the sideline. Guess what, dude? Aaron Dobson, you had OTAs, mini camps training camp, preseason, and a week of regular season to learn where you're supposed to be, okay? And dropping the football is not a rookie mistake. You're just dropping the football, you know? So if Tom Brady wants to yell, he's got he's earned that right to yell. I don't, I don't get this whole... Uh, here's what the, I say. You know, I agree with it in a vacuum. You're, it, listen, Michael Jordan was known to yell at guys, obviously. You've seen, Dan Marino did it. I do think the other side of the coin, I mean, most of these guys are so competitive that, of course, behind closed doors. Tom Brady, in fact, our pal uh, Daniel Jeremiah told a, uh, an anecdote about the idea that Tom Brady's never yelled at anybody, that suddenly this is what his frustration is boiling over, is laughable. He yells at everybody in practice. That's a, He's the leader of the team. I do think, though, that if you're a young guy, the Bob Knight way, I went to Indiana University and I cheered for Bob Knight's teams, obviously, but I do think... If it were me, for instance, I don't respond well to that. The idea that everybody's going to respond to being berated like that and make them better is simply untrue. And and it's Tom Brady's team, and maybe that means that those players that don't respond well to it aren't long for a gig in on that team. But it, but the assumption that this is how you motivate everybody to yell at them and berate them is is, is working. That's I, I think that it's worth pointing that part out. Okay, but we don't know that Tom Brady wasn't just yelling out loud, stupid, whatever, bleep mistakes. Not literally like, hey, you stink, but just like, I can't believe we – are screwing. We don't know exactly what it was he was saying. And let me tell you another thing. Every game is covered now. Okay, you're going to tell me in the 70s that Sonny Jurgensen didn't yell at a wide receiver or that Brian Sipe in the 80s didn't yell at a receiver? I know Dan Marino yelled at players, but love we didn't have six billion cameras with red zone and everything where we could see every single game. So I don't think what Tom Brady did was anything different than what you know, Sid Luckman might have done in the 40s with the Bears. All right, Black Tie, it's time for me to make my picks at NFL.com. Weekly pick them under the group DDFP. Join us on your marks. Get set. Start the music. I'm picking the Chiefs on the road with Andy Reid. He has uh, knowledge of that Eagles team. I think that uh, helps him in a tight game. Texans over the Ravens. Packers over the Bengals. Close, though. Rams at Cowboys. Guess what? The Rams are going to go into Dallas and win that game. I like how they're playing. The I like that offense, obviously, in particular, and they're going to get heat on Romo. Atlanta Falcons at the Miami Dolphins. Here's your uh, little gem of a stat. 
Julio Jones is monstrous in uh, over the course of his career on the road for some reason. You would think on the fast track and a dome, everything in his favor, but no, he thrives on the road. Cleveland at Minnesota, now it's the Vikings easy. Bills at the Jets. Bills keep rolling, but they better not get overconfident going into a good defense uh, in the in with Rex Ryan. Buccaneers, Patriots, Patriots win it, uh, win it, win a closer than expected one. Cardinals at Saints, the Saints, the Chargers and the Titans. I will take Tennessee at home. Detroit at the Redskins, tough game, tough, tough game. I think the Redskins right the ship. The New York Giants at the Panthers. Cam Newton explodes and sends the Giants to 0-3. Colts at Niners. Niners big. That's going to be a blowout. The Jags and the Seahawks are getting it on. That one, the Seahawks will win, but Pete Carroll has a bad habit of not showing up the week after the San Francisco game, so that one won't be the gimme that everybody thinks it is, or the laugher everybody expects. Steelers at Bears. Season on the line. Boy, I'd like to take the Steelers, but I can't. The, uh, it's the Bears, finally. Raiders at Broncos. Broncos, but the, so there it is. Stop the music. 60 seconds, right? But yeah. you've left time on the clock for Elliot Harrison. You do, never, ever want to do that. I want to say one. I do want to get one thought on this from uh, from you guys, one legitimate thing. Uh, the injuries now uh, adding up for the Broncos offensive line. EH, what do you think there? Is that a, is that a legit? To me, Peyton Manning, I've said it a million times, obviously. I'm not just bashing the guy. He doesn't like pressure. And, of course, the response is no one likes pressure. But he and Tom Brady really don't like it. They really, really don't like it, it seems to me. How say you, EH? I think that's a problem for this team. I, I think it's a problem once we get into the postseason, but I don't see Kansas City closing the gap on Denver. Denver wins the AFC West. Yes, the offensive line is a problem. Peyton Manning gets the ball out so quick. Every, everything it, they throw is underneath now. They, yes. they, he doesn't and until ever t- try right. to throw the ball more than 20 yards, so I agree with you. Right, and I think Sean Marino is going to end up being pretty important for this team because he can block on third down on passing downs. Anything to add to that? I, I like that last point. I really, I've, I was, I mean, it, hap- it started happening at the end of last season, but I think Sean Marino, having kind of been written off as, a, as one of those first-round running back busts, has actually come through and been okay. He's not gonna. He's not a guy that you just want to give the ball to a bunch of times. But he's he's a pretty valuable asset to that team. San Diego Chargers defensive end Dwight Freeney coming up with me and Adam Rank. But first, these words. Hi everybody, Dave Damashek here for poached eggs. Sure, you enjoy waking up with a nice egg, but go the extra mile. Don't feel pretentious about doing it. Order it poached. Yeah, you might feel fancy, but your lips will tell you it's delicious. Poached eggs, the way to go. Now, back to the show. All right, look who it is. He's back in his chair now, and it's a banner day for him because yes. Mike Trout of the Halos is now following him on Twitter. Yep. You know him from NFL.com. It's Adam Rank. What's the poop, fellow? Hey, boss. Thanks for having me. Thanks for letting me jump in on this. Sure, sure. One of and my favorites. I know. This is this is exciting times. We talked with him just before the season got going, and I'm not going to jive him because I felt that there was a little sense of, what? wow, this is a major life upheaval to move from Indianapolis to San Diego, but it's looking like a sunny move now. It's Dwight Freeney. What's the poop, fella? Uh, nothing much. How you guys doing, man? Well, Wonderful. not as good as you. I, well, Rank's feeling good because he has Mike <laughs> Trout following him on Twitter. But what about you, Dwight Freeney? First of all, muzzle tub. You're one and one and looking pretty good in spite of the uh, the Monday night mess that happened in the fourth quarter in week one. Yeah, you know, everything is a learning experience. Everything you have to learn from, you know. You learn a lot from losses sometimes, more from losses than wins. You know, and you you lose that first game, and 
obviously it hurt a lot, you know, but we, we learn and you have to keep learning. Hey, we have to finish these games. How, do, how are you? Yeah. I'm sorry, Dwight. I didn't mean to cut you off, but one of the things that was the most impressive to me is that the Monday night game was a disappointment. It ended the way it did. But then you guys play in the, on the East Coast, a 10 a.m. game against a team that's not a division rival, so there's not a lot of prep time against a coach who you only have one week of film on. How were you guys able to, to pull that off? Yeah, you know, and it shows the character of this team and, you know, the resilience, you know, and just being able to bounce back from a game like that where, you know, a lot of people, you know, have spring us off already. <laughs> you know, <laughs> hey, you know what, San Diego Chargers are done this year because we lost the first game of the year hmm. in, in that type of fashion, which is ridiculous. And that's why you have 16 games on the schedule. And, um, Thank God every week is like, you know, its own individual. You look at it as a Super Bowl every week, you know, and, and that's our focus, you know, focusing on that next team. Uh, no matter what happened, have short-term memory, no matter if you win or you lose. How tough is that, that what Rank brings up, though, now that you're, you know, obviously you spend the bulk of your career in Indy. What's it like now being a West Coast team, playing those games that for you feel like 10 a.m.? Is that a major upheaval physiologically and such? Well, you know what? If you think about it, uh, yes, I guess from a standpoint, just, you know, waking up at 10 a.m., you're used to waking, you know, or waking up at that time trying to perform that early. Uh, but the good thing about what we're doing here in San Diego on a day-to-day basis is we, we practice at that time every day. Mm. So the coaches have us waking up at 6.45, 7 o'clock in the morning, and our body is getting accustomed to getting ready to go at 10 a.m. every day. So the 1 o'clock games on the East Coast, Coast don't make that much of a difference it's, in terms as that is concerned because of the fact that the coaching staff has done such a great job of getting us ready on a day-to-day basis. Speaking of coaching, obviously Chip Kelly's offense is uh, is one of the things people are buzzing about. What was that like out there? You guys did a nice job. I guess the, that offense was productive. Yours was that much more so. But what was it like going against Mike Vick and what they're doing? Did it feel unique to you? Had you seen anything like that? Well, I mean, there was there was parts of it that were unique, and there was parts of it that was you know same old, same old. You know, it's a fast tempo offense. I've faced fast tempo offenses before, okay. Um, and but the, the other part of it that I didn't face as much is the, the I guess the college read system. So when I was in college, they had the option game, which is more of, of what it was. It wasn't this gun formation. Uh, you know, you have this four options. You can either give it to the fullback, the quarterback can run, you can throw the slot pass, or you can throw this pass. We didn't have all that. And it was funny, leading up into this week, I was asking the younger guys, now here, I'm a 12-year guy, mm-hmm. 12-year vet. I'm asking rookies, hey, give me some tips for how to play this <laughs> offense. You know, but, um, you know, we did a great job. And, you know, we got them off the field a few times, you know, early on three plays and out which really helped, and it's really detrimental to that type of offense where you can do that because then their defense is back on the field real fast, and with our offense doing what we did, um, keeping the ball twice as long as they did, that's why you have the results you have. As a defensive player, though, do you take a little bit of an exception to everybody raving about this offense? I'm sure leading up to the to the game, that's all you heard about, and of course the 
first couple of questions we're asking about is this office. Did you kind of feel like, you know what, I really want to go and shut this down because I don't want to hear about it all year? I mean, absolutely. Um, you know, as a defensive guy, you take that approach every weekend. I mean, no matter what. But obviously, when you you got guys, you know, saying, hey, you know, Michael Irvin, my man, saying they're going to score, will they score 60 points? You know, it's kind of like a slap in the face for a defensive guy. Like, all right, 60? Come on. That's ridiculous. So now you want to go out there and prove everyone wrong and prove that, you know what, it's not just the Philadelphia Eagles offense out here. And, and it's, it's, you know, the San Diego charge of defense and an offense, you know, and it's not all about offense, you know, it's just collectively. And sometimes you have to make plays when we, you have to make plays. Yeah, they had a lot of yards against us, but did they win the game? And that's the only stuff that really matters is did they have the yards when it counted and when it mattered? Well, that's a talk about offense, though. Eddie Royal, where did this come from? <laughs> Oh, Eddie's been, uh, you know, a great player over the years now. Um, you know, he's always been that great slot receiver in different systems, you know, and, and this year we're utilizing him great, and he had a great game, you know, and Phillips threw that ball, and, and the best thing is the offensive line protected and gave Phillip time to throw the ball, so hats off to the offensive line. Do you think Eddie Royal had Eddie Royal in his fantasy lineup? On, on uh, last Sunday? I hope he did for his well, sake. Well, if he didn't, uh, I'm sure he has himself in there now. <laughs> <laughs> now you go, so you go Arian Foster week one, then you go Shady McCoy, and now you got coming up Chris Johnson. What's a, uh, who, Which of those guys to you is the scariest? Which of those guys is the most fun to sort of play against? Because uh, I love watching Shady McCoy. I love how shifty he is, even though he's not a burner necessarily. Who do you enjoy or fear or whatever among those running backs? Well, well McCoy is definitely, as far as ability, cutting, like, don't know where he's going to end up. He had one run against us, which was the most amazing three-yard run I've ever seen. You know, he made four guys miss. Three-yard game. When, you, when they were backed up at the goal line, yes, right? Yep, yes, I yes. know exactly the one. I couldn't believe this guy was still on his feet for three yards. You know, and, um, <laughs> you know, he, he, he's something else, man. I'm glad I don't play in that division. And, <laughs> no, Chris is an amazing guy, too, though. I mean, Chris has home run threat ability every single time he touches the ball. And that's the thing about Chris. Um, he, he's definitely a load. And talk a little bit of change gears here about your uh, Vision to Learn event going on. It's Tuesday, and uh, I have, understand you have a couple of events going on. If you could talk about it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I just finished up this great event you know, here in L.A. Uh, called Vision to Learn. And basically, it's giving, like, underprivileged uh, communities, and we went to this elementary school, and giving these kids glasses uh, so that they can read the board and, and study and do their homework and things of that nature. And, and sometimes you don't realize how important that is, but, you know, as when you're growing up and you're in kindergarten or wherever grade you're in, first or second grade, the teacher's up there writing stuff on the board, and if you can't see and your parents can't afford glasses, what do you do? You know, and, and this is the time where, you know, there are sponges. This is where they learn the most at this time in this age. And they get labeled disabled and learning disability and all this other stuff. And it's not the case. It's, it's the fact that they can't see, you know, and, and they need to be able to see. And, and, you know, looking at the board doesn't get them tired and, and restless. 
so that was the first event, and we handed a bunch of glasses out to some great kids. And um, now I'm headed down to San Diego to Manello um, Restaurant in Little Italy, and I got another deal where we're helping out um, underprivileged kids in, in, in really tough areas and just really dealing with after-school programming type of stuff and keeping them off street and childhood obesity, trying to keep, teach these kids how to eat right, you know, and, and doing things at a younger age. So when they get older, you know, they, it's a, a lot easier for them. Wow, busy man, busy philanthropist, Dwight Freeney. He's chasing around QBs and running backs on Sundays and uh, spending today uh, helping out various uh, young people in need. Rank and let you me said, let me let me tell you something I about know, this about this little little this little Italy area and especially that the restaurant you're going to Manella is fantastic. Do you spend a lot of time in Little Italy? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You might see me walking around Little Italy all the time. You know, just it's a great area, great people over there. Um, just. You know, and the weather being in San Diego makes it even better. I know that Philippe's is the one everybody, the pizza place that everybody talks about. The one next door, though, across the parking lot, that I, I wish I'm trying to rack my brain, but that place, all of it's fantastic. Maybe you could do a PSA for the city of San Diego. But right? everybody, Can I talk about every, football again? First of all, hold on. Everybody talks about the gas lamp and they rave about it. Little Italy is the place you want to be. All right. That's there. all I got to say. San Diegans. Here, rank now. Move over, Ron Burgundy. Rank is the now is the new mouthpiece of uh, of San Diego. All right, Freeney, real quick, who wins a foot race? Your old quarterback Peyton Manning or your new quarterback Phil Rivers? Oh man, a forty yard dash. Who wins it? Philip Rivers. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> that's a, that is a that's about as big an indictment of Peyton as I can think of. Those those got to be the two slowest, right? Uh, well, I think it was out of him. Well, she drew Bledsoe who retired, so. It was out of Drew, Dan Marino, and Payne. I'm all set. Yeah, I, I think you might want to. Yeah, Brandon Whedon might be a sneaky play in that competition as well. Speaking of that. What do you make of well, – I mean, now it's interesting. I guess you kind of touch on it by saying you're soliciting the advice of the young guys. What for you is the quarterback you want going forward, the traditional style guy who stands in the pocket and slings it? Or if you – you know, everything's on the line. Do you like the idea of the, the hybrid QB, the guy who can get out of the pocket and run with it too? Well, you know, it just depends on the guy. I mean, and even in those – even in what you're describing – there are variations to that. You got a guy who, you know, I, I would pretty much say, out of all of that, if just a quarterback who holds on the ball longest. Great. Hold on to the ball. If you a guy who likes to run, okay, great. Stay in the pocket and run. Don't run out past the last finish. <laughs> last thing for you, Dwight. Uh, you mentioned that you're glad you're not in Shady McCoy's division. You do happen to be in the division, though, with the undefeated Chiefs, the undefeated Broncos. Both those teams looking pretty good. What's your early season evaluation of how the West is shaping up? Yeah, we're going to be surprising a lot of teams in um, the National Football League. You know, and uh, now we have a pretty strong division. And it's going to be, um, you know, we're going to contend. We're going to contend. I can't give you a prediction who makes playoffs, who doesn't, who stays on the field, who doesn't. Uh, but I know this. We're going to definitely give our best effort week in and week out. All right, listen, Dwight Freeney will let you go. You, Like you mentioned, you are, are uh, in between two, uh, two good causes right now. Give us real quick, what's a, a website that we can, uh, can uh, help out? 
Yeah, if you you know if you go to DwightFreeney.com, you know we I have a lot of this stuff posted up there. You know, uh, as far as events that I'm doing and uh, things that you know I, I want to do, and if people have suggestions, they can also put that on the website here, and then I, I'll see if I can do it. Excellent, excellent. All right, well, listen, clearly the Chargers not just benefiting from Dwight Freeney's arrival, so is uh, the city of San Diego in general. Go enjoy Little Italy, and uh, good luck against those Titans this weekend, man. Hey, man, thank you for having me. Appreciate it. You guys take care. All right, we hope to Thanks talk to you too. sooner rather than later. The great Dwight uh, Freeney, number 93. You listen to me. At Dwight Freeney, nice fella. Seems like he's doing good deeds in the uh, city of San Diego. How say you, though, who do you have in the race among NFL quarterbacks? Who is the last place finisher? I don't know about that. I was wondering if I could beat any NFL quarterback in a foot race. I thought that. Now, see, that would I be a fun, that would I be think, a fun I think bit I would, of humiliation. I would think I would come 29th in that race. I think especially if he's wearing his big old rib cage flak jacket, I think Sean Hill would not be able to keep up with you, brother. <laughs> Well, Chaz Batch is out of the league now, yeah. so that's one person who I might have been able to take down. Uh, the, the hefty lefty's gone as well because yeah, I know yeah. I can beat him. You know, I've I've said often I am the most co- I'm the slowest coordinated person that I that I know. I'm not a I'm not a bad athlete. It just takes me a long time, and. Um, I so that would that would be interesting. We should really line that we up. We should try and get it done. I wouldn't you love what what Peyton Manning's forty time is. Wonder what it was right. even. I mean that couldn't have been been good coming out of college. Tom Brady's had to be bad. Phil Rivers. Isn't it interesting that when you start reading them off that they're among the best QBs in the game too? I'm not necessarily putting Phil Rivers in that. Matt Schaub used to run, but he doesn't run so well anymore. I'm trying to look around. Joe Flacco. I guess he moves all right. Yeah, I think we're down to the, the Brady. Oh, and Brandon Whedon. Brandon Whedon. Brandon Whedon's not doesn't have wheels. No, indeed. We've said it all. We've said more than enough, in fact. Make sure you head over to NFL.com. Look at, what is it again? Fan, uh, I keep, the NFL Rewind. Game Rewind. Game There's Rewind. Game Pass. Game Rewind. I'm embarrassed. You shouldn't do this bit anymore if you don't know the name. Oh, you yeah, should you hand off do to it someone anyway. else. I hand it off to you. If you want to watch games after Sunday, after they're played game this weekend, go to NFL Game Rewind, get NFL Game Rewind, buy it. If you put the, um, the promo code DDFP in there, you'll get 10% off that. Then if you're an international, if you're one of our people listening outside the, uh, the United States of America... Um, you can pass. actually get Game Pass. Thank you, Elliot. Uh, you can get Game Pass. You can watch those games live. Wow. It's, it's terrific. Phenomenal product. Same thing. DDFP is a promo code. You get 10% off. It's on us. People have tweeted of, me. Comes people out have of tweeted paycheck. Me. People have tweeted me and said they used the 10% uh, code. Yeah. Other people. Go get it now because it expires on the 20th. So. Oh, you yeah. Be- yeah, yeah, you better go get it. It comes out of Dave's paycheck for the month of October. And I'm, I'm telling you, I'm happy you, to do it. If yeah, you're no. overseas, get Game Pass. You will it's not amazing. be sorry. Yeah, I have heard it changed some my overseas. life. When I lived in England, I had it for whatever three or four years before before I moved out here, and it was the, it changed my life. All right, listen, that's that. We're gonna wrap it up here. I say my parting words are: Go Steelers, have some dignity. What are you? This isn't Cleveland. This is unacceptable. What's happening? You can beat those stinking Bears. And Todd Haley, throw the ball to Marcus Wheaton once in a while. How about that? The kids, uh, the, the the kids a playmaker. That's what the Steelers need. Those are my closing thoughts. Hh, uh, my closing thoughts are: um, Go Dolphins. Let's go beat those Falcons. Eh, I'm kind of with you, man. That sounds like a '50s band. Todd Haley and the three and outs, man. That's yeah. that's. It's really sad to watch. But, again, that's the whole AFC North. All right. We'll see what happens, and then we'll talk after it. 
Uh, uh, the uh, I guess we'll do that on Monday evening. You can be on the lookout for that podcast. In the meantime, Elliot's power rankings, his picks for the week, my spoiler alert picks are coming up on the weekend, the sports car with Jamal Charles, the Sheck Report, my college football Final Four thing. They're all out there for your perusal. All you have to do is go and find them. They're like stars up in the sky or dreams. Go up and grab one for yourself. With those words, I wish your team all the best unless your team is playing my team. Until next time, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your your perfect home sweet home. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility.